everybody. Welcome to the Hidden Gems Podcast. This is a show where we like to talk about a streaming service and some of the hidden gems that you should check out on that service. It's so much fun. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Ryan is here. Hey, Rachel. It's, it's great to be back with you once again. It's been, it's been a weird week for me. Uh, it, it, it's one of those weeks that, that one of those things happened. Long story short, the brakes in my car just basically died on me. I wasn't oh driving. I wasn't driving, thank God. I was backing out of somewhere, and I went to brake, and I was like, uh-oh. It was like the pedal went straight to the floor. Oh. And so I like, I like, I barely stopped the thing with whatever brake power I had left. As I'm wow. recording, as we're recording this, it's currently on the operating table. So by the time this comes out, I will have the car back. But it's one of those things where you just take for granted something as simple as the brakes in your car. You use it every time you're there. And when you don't, like, when it's not there to help you, it's like the, like, oh, it'll always be there. When in reality, no, it really won't. And you got to take care of it and look out for it. Yeah. So That's one just, of those moments you say a uh, prayer that... Uh, <laughs> That you are protected. Yeah, that's uh, that's why I always say that there is a God and that everything does happen for a reason. Because yeah. I could have been driving on the highway on I-4 at like 80 miles an hour. And I would have just been like, I would have literally been on the Fury Road. Like it would have not ended well for me. So I'm just, I think. Wow, I'm glad you're okay. I had to use a tow truck for the first time, which I was surprisingly easy believe it or not and I was I was a little worried like how it would work out but it got to the dealership just fine and I got a guy who was doing it for 31 years and hadn't lost a car since which if you're gonna use a tow truck kids use that guy like find someone who has been doing it for decades like actual human decades and like, and knows exactly what he's doing. Or she, I've heard, uh, I've seen female truck drivers too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and if you can find a place that's uh, reliable and that you can trust. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, other than that though, uh, I'm still trying to grow back some brain cells because I watched the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> on Netflix, which is what we're going to be talking about. And honestly, I have an entire review up on my channel if you'd like to go check that out. But it is easily one of the most disgusting movies that I have seen all year. And I don't think it's going to come anywhere close to topping it. Like It's just, it's so bad. I, I'm half tempted to spoil why it's so bad here, but I have a feeling there might be some people who might want to watch it, though. Well, it's funny because everybody's been tweeting about TCM, TCM, and I always have to kind of stop myself because I think they're talking at first about Turner Classic Turner Movies. Classic and movies. It's <laughs> not that, not that at all. <laughs> Yeah, so this sounds, I mean, I feel like horror, when horror goes wrong, it goes really wrong. It it makes me sad, because when something like The Forever Purge comes out, which is just, oh, like, it just, I felt like my brain was in one of those hydraulic presses. It'd be like, you don't like Trump, we get it. Like, just tell an interesting story, please. Right, And yeah. again, without going into spoilers in this one, literally one of the first scenes and i guess this is a light spoiler but i'm using it as an example one of the first scenes of the movie one of the main characters sees a gentleman with a nine millimeter strapped to his hip and she turns to him and be like man i wonder what he's compensating for and and comments on the possible size of his uh, you know and right. it's so cringy because i've i've I, and i don't want to get into that conversation because that's a whole nother ball of wax <laughs> that I am not prepared to discuss. But if you're going to do and if you're going to do any kind of social commentary, pick one issue and stick to that. And if you do it well, then bravo. But there are directors who will be like, I'm saying something. They're like, no, you're saying something in a movie about a fat dude who wears a leather skin mask who wields a chainsaw. Read the room, David Blue Garcia. 
That's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, luckily there has been some good stuff on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> there is good stuff, yes. Yeah. And I don't know if I could count this as hidden gem because it's pretty popular, but I did want to give a shout out to Sweet Magnolias season two. Uh, it debuted uh, a couple of weeks ago for, on Netflix and we've been waiting two years for the uh, new season and I really enjoyed it. I thought that the, uh, the all the stories were pretty strong, um, especially anything to do with the teens was really good, well acted, well done. And uh, if you want some melodrama in your life, it's a it's a good a good show, very well done show, uh, well cast, and like I said, especially the teens. And I'm normally not a teen drama person, but I really like Sweet Magnolias. And if you want to hear more of my thoughts on Sweet Magnolias, uh, you can check out we did a. Um, uh episodes one through five and then six through ten recaps over at hallmark's podcast with uh, austin burke uh and so that was pretty fun does this have any relation to steel magnolias no except for the fact they're both in the south i forget where steel magnolias is if it's uh alabama or or georgia or florida i can't remember but anyway they're both in the south that's really the only uh, only similarity, and I guess all both about uh, a group of friends, uh, women uh, friends. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's definitely a good show. It's just well written, well acted, and I said especially the teens in the show. Um, so if you want to hear more, check out uh, the. I'll put the links down to to those episodes with Austin. It was pretty fun. Yeah, definitely not on Netflix, but I've been watching Reacher on Amazon Prime. Oh yeah. Whoever runs that show like needs to be involved in more stuff because they, they, th- they're doing a great job. I'm only a couple episodes in. I will finish it. But Is that the same character as the Tom Cruise Reacher movies? The, Jack the Reacher? same, the same, but better. Like the actor they got to play Reacher, he's. I describe him as Sherlock Holmes in like John Cena's body. Like he is oh, okay. so smart, but if you cross him, like he will, he will beat you down. One of the first episodes, it involves a prison. You'll know it when you see it. But yeah, whoever like is running the the Reacher show needs to be involved in more projects because I went in there thinking, oh, this will be interesting, and now it's like I can't wait to see the rest. And things have gotten in the way, but I will be finishing it. Great. Well, let's dive into our hidden gems for Netflix. This is our eleventh uh, Netflix uh, episode, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it's, it's creeping up on Disney Plus as the amount of episodes <laughs> we've done on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's your first choice? So my first choice, and I was worried that I had recommended this one before, but I checked the letterbox list and I did not see it. So. I'm going to recommend it right now. It is called Looper. This was directed by Ryan Johnson. I know he's a bit of a controversial figure nowadays because of the whole Last Jedi thing, but I think this is his best movie. It tells the story of in the near future, time travel has not been invented yet, but it eventually will be, and it will immediately be outlawed. Uh, It's nearly impossible to get rid of a body in the future. So, the largest criminal organizations in the world use time travel to send their enemies back in time about 40 years to where a looper, in the case of this movie played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, is there with a shotgun and the person arrives, bound and gagged, and Gordon-Levitt's like, oh, hi, and then does the deed, collects a silver payment, and there, and Bob's your uncle. And things are going well until Joseph Gordon-Levitt is encountered by his older self, played by Bruce Willis. Now, in the movie, it is portrayed as a pretty normal thing. If you're no longer needed, they will do a thing called closing your loop, basically sending your older self back to where you basically kill your older self. You get a solid gold payment, and you have about 40 years left to live out the rest of your life. However, the context is much different here, because the older Joseph Gordon-Levitt has things to live for and wants to take out the person who orchestrated him being sent back before he can get into power. 
I know it's a little weird and trying to make sense of that, but trust me, the movie is actually really, really solid. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is one of my favorite actors that I rarely see anymore. It feels like he's in a handful of things, and he was a big deal in the early 2010s. I, he was doing Hit Record on TV, which I, which is a show that I love. Like he was in a movie called Premium Rush, which if the opportunity arises, I will be recommending on here because that movie is a lot of fun. Uh, Bruce Willis, I think, has gotten the reputation of being like in just straight-to-DVD stuff. I mean, the Razzies literally named an award after him recently. There were a lot of movies listed. I was like, whoa! I mean, it's, he was in like 12 movies in 2021. It's really, really... It's really sad to see that this is what he's doing now because he's actually quite good in Looper. And the movie does a great job of telling the story of of the older version of Joseph Gordon-Levitt being so like finding peace outside of the looping thing and not wanting to lose that and so it's a question of knowing what's going to happen what do you do about it do you change it or do you in the moment do something drastic to throw all of that out of balance uh emily blunt is also in here and she's pretty much great in anything and the, the ending is a bit weird. I won't spoil it. I think it might not be for everyone, but I feel like Ryan Johnson's slowly becoming a filmmaker who isn't for everyone, but I won't open that can of worms here. I think this is going to be a hot take, but I still think that Looper is Ryan Johnson's best movie by a good chunk of time, or by a good portion. Yeah, I I can't remember much about this movie. I have seen it. It's been a while, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean it's a it's a clever premise, and I forgot that Emily Blunt was in it. But yeah, she is in it, and she's good in it. Um, so yeah, I think I remember liking it. <laughs> yeah, the child actor they get here is is also really good, and child actors can be a bit suspect, but he actually mm-hmm. does a good job for the stuff that he is given and well without spoiling anything he is quite integral to the story that's all i will say right yeah i remember thinking that ending was was bonkers but i can't remember what it was (laughs) yeah like i said it's gonna be tricky for some people and some people may not like it and i totally understand why but i guess i was at the right age like it was like just in my sci-fi like hard sci-fi like early years so maybe it's rose-tinted glasses but i i still think like i said this is ryan johnson's best movie i know people love last jedi and knives out and i think knives out is kind of overrated personally but i know that's gonna get me a lot of a lot of hate but i'm interested to see knives out too i know that's coming to netflix very soon so here's to hoping I enjoyed Knives Out. I thought it was a fun lark. Uh, I didn't take it too seriously, I guess. Uh, it was just kind of a, a mystery, you know, kind of, I kind of looked at it as like a fancier version of what we get at Hallmark with these uh, uh, murder mystery shows that they give us. And uh, they even have some Hallmark jokes in uh, <laughs> Knives Out. But it wasn't like my favorite movie of the year or anything, but I thought it was fun. The cast is stellar. I'm not going to lie. It's one of the best casts of 2019. Daniel Craig doing like a pitch perfect Southern accent. Like that yeah. man, like there in Logan Lucky, his Southern accent is like really underrated. It's great. The late Christopher Plummer is not there much, but when he is there, he's predictably great. Jamie Lee Curtis, Chris Evans. Uh, Chris the, Evans is fun in it. Yeah, he's clearly having the time of his life in there uh tony collette i like her as well so it's a great cast but there's a choice about 20 minutes into the movie that this movie makes and i'm sure you know exactly the one i'm talking about that With the puking? it's involves the nurse's bag oh yeah yeah that i just it just turned me off of the movie maybe i just have to see it again hmm. but people was like oh the dialogue is so great and the chemistry is like yeah it's really well acted but once I learned of the thing that happens, it just, it was like, like, it just made me think. And it is just like, 
like think bad things and answer questions that I asked questions that I don't think I was supposed to ask. But fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, my pick first pick is uh, a movie uh, that's an in-between season movie of a show that I love. It's called Hilda is the show and the movie is called Hilda and the Mountain King. And I think I've already recommended Hilda before. So this is kind of a cheat, I guess, but they did have this movie come out at the end of December and I really enjoyed it. I loved it. I love the animation. I love character of Hilda. She's such a great character, so positive. And I I thought for a while that this was going to be the series finale, this movie, but it turns out they are doing a series three. So this is just like a bridge in between series two and series three. So that makes me happy because I want more Hilda. (laughs) Um, And basically you kind of have to have seen season two in order to watch this movie, but uh, she ends up in the body of a troll and her mom knows that she's in the body of a troll and they live in this town called trollberg and so there's this magical realism in the town so her mom is trying to find hilda and there is this um there is this mountie uh named eric alberg that is uh that is trying to um that is trying to take down all the trolls he hates the trolls uh and so or obviously that puts him at odds with hilda's mother who wants to try to save Hilda as a troll. And uh, so, yeah, it's just, it's a really creative story. It's so positive. And even our kind of villain characters have a uh, redemption kind of arc in the, in the movie. And I just love everything about it. I love the music. I love the characters. I love the animation uh and so if you haven't seen hilda i highly recommend it first two seasons and then this movie hilda and the mountain king it's great the town is literally called trollberg that's yeah <laughs> feel like yep. feel like a lot of people online exist in trollberg <laughs> right <laughs> so yeah i highly recommend it if you have a chance watch hilda I think I think you'd like it. It's so good. It's so positive that I can't imagine anybody not liking it. Yeah, I'll definitely be looking into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I said, it's only uh, two seasons. They're thirty minutes each. Ten out ten, ten to twelve episodes. I can't remember. Um, anyway, so it's not that big of a commitment to watch. Plus this movie, so it was cool to get a movie, and I'm just so glad that we're getting season three. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice feeling to have things you actually like get more of right. of the thing yeah so what is your next pick so my next choice is a comedy from 2008 and it is called first sunday uh the star ice cube and tracy morgan they are best friends and they're also criminals and they're and at the time of this movie they are serving about 5,000 hours of community service and both of them need money fast. They have a lot of debts. In the case of Ice Cube's character, he needs to pay his ex-wife a large sum. And, and in the case of Tracy Morgan's character, he owes a lot of very scummy people a lot of money. And so they come up with the idea to rob a church. Stay with me. The movie's actually good. So they, they go, they plan the robbery. They get into the church. They... They get to where they've got the, all the church staff, like exactly where they want them. They get to the safe, they open the safe, and there is no money in the safe. Someone beat them to it. And like I said, I think I was in the right place in the right mindset for this movie because I actually kind of dig it. I like, I like Ice Cube as an actor. I, I, like as a person as well, I think... I think as well, like in interviews I've seen of him, I've liked what he's had to say, but I think he can be a good actor as well. Tracy Morgan can be a tad grading. It depends on which role he's given here, but I, I liked, I, his name is Lee John and there's a great scene where he explains to one of the church staff why he's named Lee John. It's because his mom liked the names Lee and John. So she combined the two to make Lee John. 
And without spoiling anything, there's actually quite a bit of tragedy here. And I think for the most part, it's actually handled pretty well. There's actually a great montage where Ice Cube is interviewing all of the staff and they and he's asking, so what would you do if you had all of that money? And and it gets to the pastor's daughter and and like he's asking her all these questions and it gets to to keep this church from moving to the suburbs because there's a subplot where the money is meant to fix the roof of the church. However, she secretly wants to take the money and move it to well, the suburbs. It's not really a super, like, like she's not super committed to it, but it's a, something that she wants. And I think this movie got kind of shellacked by critics. And this is one of those where I'm like, um, am I the only one who kind of liked this? Because what is it called again? First Sunday. It's with, oh. and it, like I said, it's one of those ones that critics hated that I just kind of liked. I know that I've never even heard of it. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> it also has it also has Cat Williams as the choir director, which, not gonna lie, I've run into some choir directors who are, who exhibit some of Cat Williams's traits here. I'm, yeah, yeah. Like like Cat Williams definitely studied like like church like choir directors, especially church choir directors. I'm not burying anyone. I'm just saying like watching his performance and like, mm-hmm, I've met this character a couple of times. Well, I think we all have those comedies that we like that everybody else just hates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it happens. And there's there's a great scene where where it's one of those where it's like someone is saying, saying, I'm not going to do something. No matter how many times you ask, I'm not going to do it. And then smash cut to them mm-hmm. actually doing it it's actually yeah. pretty funny here like i thought venom 2 was hilarious i laughed and laughed and laughed throughout that whole movie and uh i walked out being like that was a hoot i really enjoyed that film and it seemed like almost nobody else liked it <laughs> i I, th- I thought it was weird but i i yeah, think i said in my weird. review that i added the caveat of if you liked it i totally get it but <laughs> wow this movie is nuttier than a bowl of fruits and nuts yeah and i guess i appreciated that i i enjoyed it but uh my next pick is actually a movie i don't love but i think if you can watch it on netflix it's like it's decent and it's and it's way better than most of the teen rom-coms that they have on netflix (laughs) um it's called the duff and uh it's stars may whitman as they, she finds out that she is the duff of her friends, the designated ugly fat friend. And uh, so it, she's kind of like the person that they have in their group to make them feel better about themselves and, uh, and that everybody kind of knows that. And so she gets frustrated. So she turns to her neighbor, played by Robbie ML, uh, to give her advice on how to not be the duff anymore. And the the thing i guess that's interesting about this movie is that the way that it talked about social media and because this is back in 2015 and there's a point in the movie where she gets she gets uh outed i guess not well not outed she gets uh treated very meanly by a girl on social media and out the whole school knows and it's really embarrassing but like i thought it was interesting because the attitude of the filmmakers and the, the characters in the film was like mm, it's your turn everybody happens to everybody deal with it don't make a big deal of it, out of it and that was so shocking to me because if something like what happened to her happened to me when i was in high school i would have been just you know mortified but then i talked to my sister who was uh 16 i think at the time and i i said is that kind of the way that people look at it that okay here's your turn to to be uh embarrassed on social media and then you just kind of move on and she said yeah absolutely that's the way it is which i thought was really interesting the difference uh between different generations i mean the the biggest flaw with this movie is that may whitman and robbie amell do not look like teenagers in the slightest (laughs) and so it's a little bit 
and, and then they have Bella Thorne and she looks way too old. They all look way too old. So that's a big problem. Also, the Mae Whitman character can be pretty mean to her friends. Like, yes, it's a kind of a mean thing that they've done to her to declare her the duff, but she is pretty harsh uh, to, to them in response. And um, yeah, so it makes her a little bit unlikable. She's a little mean, um, which you don't want for your main character. So, but that I do think that her and Robbie have nice chemistry. And like I said, it has some interesting things to say about current social media. So overall it's watchable if you're in the mood for a teen rom-com. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll say two things. Number one, just because something happens all the time doesn't make it good. And number yeah, that's two, true. I, I remember, uh, I, I haven't seen the movie, but when I saw the trailer, I was like, Oh my God, this is me because I was, I was heavily involved in my high school choir and I had a certain group of friends there. And I just, at times I had this weird feeling that they were talking to me and interested in me, like as some kind of like a balancing act to be like, Oh, we need a loser. Like, let's have him, you know, something like that. And it's nothing like I think personally, it's just, it's just, something upstairs i guess i'm just always paranoid that people hang out with me because they like feel sorry for me or that they're that like they start out liking me but by the end they'll just be like oh, we got to deal with this person again so like not gonna lie i have uh, in the beginning i had some feelings like that about you rachel now i know that that your feelings are true and we're like we're like this so so i'm fine there but not gonna lie when it started I'm like all right when quarantine ends she's gonna drop me like a hot rock and so I've it's nothing personal that's just yeah. how I feel about most people it's sad mm -hmm. but you know it is what it is but I'm I'm grateful that we've gotten to this point in our relationship and I'm I'm looking forward to keeping it going yeah no I mean I'm grateful too and I mean it's always there's always those sort of phases in uh, new relationships, especially if you can't like really be with each other, you know, you kind of have to, uh, it, I think it takes a little bit longer. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I just thought it was interesting that there's just sort of this idea of that. I don't know that just how thick of skin teenagers have to have these days that, you know, stuff that would have been so devastating that, uh, that, is now just kind of normal, which is interesting. And as you say, yeah, not an excuse for it, but um, I thought it was kind of, it brought up some interesting discussions of how we treat people, how things have changed. And I do think that they have pretty good chemistry. There's a really good kiss in this movie. Um, so yeah, it might be triggering. Maybe, maybe not the best one for, for, for somebody who's been bullied or, or has certain issues with that, but it's an okay movie. Not a great movie, but it's all right. I haven't seen the movie, and yet it sounds like it it deals in some things like this way better than 13 Reasons Why. So oh, for, yeah, yeah, so yeah. In that regard, I automatically see that as a plus. Yeah, I mean, so many of those Netflix uh, rom-coms, like The Kissing Booth, I mean, this is miles better than that. And I wish that May... Uh, May Whitman could get more lead roles because I really like her. But she's she needs to stop playing teenagers. <laughs> she's she too old. that part of her career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is your next pick? So my next choice is from 2007. It's an animated movie. And again, I had to double check to see if I had recommended this before, but it turns out I had not, and so here I am recommending TMNT. This is the animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that was released in 2007, and I've never pretended to be a big Ninja Turtles fan. I My most exposure to it was the 2003 show on Foxbox, which if anyone from like the early 2000s remembers that, I love you for that. And uh, and and this movie, and of course the Michael Bay produced ones, which are both terrible, and I won't be talking about those again here. But this movie is actually a lot 
better than I remember it being. And this is someone who is not a huge fan of TMNT. This was a pleasant surprise. I liked the dynamics between the brothers. Uh, the guy in red, I'm going to get roasted, but the guy in red was mm. Donatello. I can't remember. <laughs> let's, let's go with Donatello. He's trying to strike it out on his own. And I like the dynamic there. I like Raphael Kate. is the red one. <laughs> Raphael, thank you. <laughs> Raphael is trying to go solo. I like what they did there with with that whole angle. I like Casey Jones. It, it's one of those movies that I forgot how much I liked. And then I went back and watched it about a year or so ago. And I actually quite enjoyed it. Certainly better than the TMNT movies, and there I am mentioning the Michael Bay ones, but certainly better than those. And I think I think if maybe you're someone who is not super into them, but want to maybe see what they're all about, I would recommend this as like a starter for you. This is uh, animated, right? Yes. Yeah. I've seen it, but it's been a long time. Isn't Patrick Stewart a voice in it? If my memory serves, yes. I was trying to remember. Let me look that up really quick. Uh, yes, he voices Winters, which I believe is one of the cops. Uh, mm. Mako returns as Splinter. They got Chris Evans as Casey Jones, which awesome choice. Mm. Sarah Michelle Gellar is April O'Neil. That's a good choice as well. Uh, they got Lawrence Fishburne as a narrator. They got they got Nolan North as Raphael, which shout out to him for being in the Uncharted movie as a cameo. He was the voice of Nathan Drake from those games. So yeah. him. I figured that's who he was. I'm like, this obviously means something to the games, this moment. Yeah. Because it really stuck out. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. okay. I had trouble placing him because when like the camera's focusing, I'm like, who is this stranger in the beach chair? And and it, and then he's like, "What happened to you?" And Nathan Drake is like, "We fell out of a, a out of a cargo plane." And, and and then the dude is like, "Yeah, I know that feeling." I'm like, "That's Nolan North." There you go. <laughs> and that was nice that they included him, even if it was just for one second. Now they got to get, now they get, now they got to get Troy Baker, who was the original voice of Sam, and hopefully we're getting an Uncharted sequel, so we'll get the voice of. Nathan Drake and Sam Drake in there as well. Well, my next pick is also an animated film and it is called My Little Pony, A New Generation. And this is actually a sequel to Friendship is Magic, which of course was the highly popular series uh, that uh, even had a movie itself, uh, My Little Pony, the movie. And this is, uh, takes place after the time of, a, of Friendship is Magic, but uh, basically they've lost the, the magic and people, have, the, the ponies have kind of forgotten. Um, and so they start to try to remember. Uh, there's a, um, basically a pony a unicorn um, go on this adventure to try to uh, to bring back the magic to Equestria. And I just thought this movie was really cute. I thought the animation, it's different than Friendship is Magic. It's um, instead of being the flash 2D style of Friendship is Magic, this is the CGI style. Um, but I thought they did a really good job with the character designs. I thought they looked so cute. And this one, I don't know if it will have the same sort of crossover for the bronies and older for adults and things like that. This seems even more for little little girls, little little kids. Um, but I still enjoyed it. And uh, basically, you have this main horse uh, who uh, uh, named Sunny Sunny Star. Um, new this new horse name. Oh shoot! Sorry, I lost it. What's the last name? Um, you have this new horse who believes that uh, she can bring all of the ponies, the Pegasus, and the unicorns all back together. 
and uh, that uh, they can become friends. And it's just sweet and lovely and got a great voice cast, Vanessa Hudgens, James Marsden, Sophia Carson, Ken Jeong, uh, Jane, Jane Krakowski, uh, the list goes on. Uh, and I, they're starting a new series, um, but I kind of like that they gave this its own visual style and uh, its own feel. So you're not constantly comparing it to the to the to friendship is magic uh, and you have they they had the um twilight sparkle introduce the new stories but uh but these are its own thing which is nice so i think especially little kids will love it yeah i just was looking up some images and the animation looks really really nice yeah right mm-hmm. yeah it looks really they just did a really good job and i just the characters are so huggable and and cute (laughs) i really enjoy that so what is your next pick so my next choice is well here's a hard left for us it's from 2007 and it is called secret window i reviewed this for my for my stephen king month all the way back in 2018 yeah it was 20 2018 or 19 the last couple years just on the timeline (laughs) but i know i reviewed secret window as part of my as part of my stephen king month because we were getting it was 2019 because we were getting it chapter two and dr sleep in the same year and so i said to myself now's as good a time as any to do a a stephen king month and secret window was a part of that uh it is based on the novel written by written by Stephen King, and it tells the story of an author named Mort, played by Johnny Depp, who is trying and failing to write a new book. However, he comes across, or is approached by a man named John Shooter. Yes, that is his name, played by John Turturro, who claims that Mort stole his story. Not just any story, but the story that made Mort's name, like, and, like, gave him any credence whatsoever. And so, Mort is like, no, I, I really don't know what you're talking about. And Shooter just will not let it go. And so it's, it starts out as a bit of a stalking movie, but then it kind of flips 180. That's where the twist comes in. I will not spoil it, but let's just say you think you know where the movie's going, and then something happens. Uh, this was directed by David Kep, who also wrote it. And David Kep is probably best known for writing for the screen Jurassic Park. You may have heard of it. Like David Kep is still working to this day. I am blanking he worked on a movie recently that I actually quite enjoyed. I and and I know that he was he was right he wrote Kimmy for HBO Max. Oh yeah. I and heard that's that good. movie that movie was awesome. So, like, so David Kep is still rocking it. Oh, like, yeah, he's written tons of stuff. All these years later, yeah, he did the first Spider-Man, Sam Raimi won, the first Mission Impossible, which I love, and people are like, ugh, Mission Impossible won. Like, are you serious? The Langley yeah, Heist fun is movie. Right there. Hello. That uh, becomes her, which is really funny. Mm-hmm. Cool. He's had yeah. some duds, like he wrote Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Okay. But he also did Zathura, which is another underrated one that I've, I think I've recommended once before. So uh-huh. David Kep is really, really solid. And this isn't like the best movie based off of Stephen King, but I find it really enjoyable. The mystery is really what hooks you. Yeah, I've actually, believe it or not, actually seen this one. It it's it it is pretty good. It it did feel a little slow to me. The pacing's a little slow, but um, but I didn't mind it. I enjoyed watching it. And Johnny Depp is usually a pretty pretty good actor when he's trying. Yeah, he's he's actually trying here, and uh, again, and especially in the other half, no spoilers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my next pick is going back to animation. <laughs> and this was a little gem that uh, was that has now been nominated for animated short at the Oscars uh, from last year. It's called Robin Robin. This is from our friends over at Ardman. And it is so cute. It's about a bird that's raised by mice. So he thinks he's a mouse, but he's a bird. He's a robin. 
and it's also a Christmas story and it has like a full musical number. It's just the cutest thing. I defy anybody to not think this little Robin is adorable. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, you got to see it. It's great. I hope it wins. Since my beloved Us Again didn't get nominated, I hope that Robin Robin wins for um, Best Animated Short. And I'm so excited about this relationship between Ardman and Netflix. I, I just think it's so great that, uh, uh, that Netflix is using its power for good, not evil. <laughs> yeah, I, when I was doing, when I was recording an episode of Life in the Movies with, with Jacob, uh, he was talking about how he recently watched Chicken Run or rewatched Chicken Run. And I was talking about how much that movie's awesome. And then I parlayed that into saying, Netflix partnering with Ardman is probably the best thing that could happen to Ardman because yeah. Ardman has the possibility now of getting their wares in front of hundreds of millions of subscribers. And then it's a bit more of a, it's a bit more of a plus for them because they put it into theaters and the last couple ones have just been kind of bombs. It's been sad, but that's the truth. And so for them to partner up with Netflix like the viewer base is already there. So if they get good word of mouth going, then Bob's your uncle. Yeah, yeah. And we have a new Walsh and Gromit coming. We have a new Chicken Run coming. Which and hopefully of, they'll keep... Both of them do, I'm excited for. Me too. It's going to be uh, weird to see how they recast the voice of Mel Gibson as, as Rocky, but I have a feeling that they're going to make it work. And anything Walsh and Gromit related, I'm automatically on board for. I love those two to death. Well, I think they're recasting Ginger as well. Really? Uh, yeah, which uh, I know some people were pretty upset about. Uh, I, I forget who it was that they have planned. If it might be Julia Roberts, somebody like that. I can't remember. But I'll anyway, it was a star. So people were upset. But um, I'll keep but, an open mind, but I do not agree with that decision. Yeah, yeah. All right, what's your last pick? So my last choice is from... 2017 and it is a steven spielberg movie that nobody really talks about it's the bfg and uh i remember seeing this and i was like okay this isn't spielberg's best but it's still spielberg so he's got his fingerprints all over it and that's cool and nobody saw it and i just can't i can't imagine why maybe i guess the world just wasn't ready for mark rylance as a huge giant like eating vegetables who knows but I, I just like this movie. I can't put my finger on why, but I just like it. I like the, I like the animation. I like the effects on Rylance. I love, I love the cinematography that they have when they go to that tree. I the the I think the glowing tree, if my memory serves. I hope Rachel, you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that one is really good. I don't know and. The whole scene where the like the ugly giant is like bullying the BFG, like the with the whole vegetables thing and the whole slicing of the vegetables and those cucumber looking things. Like I thought that was that was actually handled pretty well. So again, not top tier Spielberg, but I dig this one. Yeah, I haven't seen it since it came out, uh, so I'm a little rusty on it, but I did love the book growing up, uh, so I was really excited for it. So it was a little bit disappointing uh, when I actually saw it, but I don't think it's necessarily like terrible. It definitely has its sweet moments and its funny moments, and it, the pacing is pretty is on the slow side. But I, you know, I think people go in expecting in ET, expecting you know the sort of classic Spielberg, and so when something's like more moderately successful it's uh, they feel super disappointing um you know it's one of those expectations things i think sometimes mm -hmm. plus but, it's, plus yeah. it's spielberg and he's had such a legendary run that his lesser movies will get lost in the shuffle i mean yeah. the man the man's 1993 alone he directed one of the highest grossing movies of the 90s jurassic park and directed the best picture winner of that year in Schindler's List. Yeah. That's like God tier status right there. Yeah, I mean, I think Disney wishes it had done better. I mean, it, they lost their shirt on this movie. So, well. I mean, they can afford it. So, they yeah. <laughs> lose a, lose, afford to lose a couple shirts here and there. <laughs> yeah. And they do. 
if you actually look back on the new properties that Disney has tried, not their remakes, they have had a really terrible track record as far as the box office. Yeah. There hasn't been really anything. I mean, the closest to something like Jungle Cruise, which still kind of underperformed for what it was. Um, <clears throat> and you can only blame COVID so much. Like we're right. living in times now where people are still concerned, but people are still like, okay, as long as mm-hmm. I've got my mask, I think I can make it work. Yeah, that Jungle Cruise, it should have been better. It was okay, but it should have been better. I mean, and, and granted, they, they haven't been able to get a new franchise off the ground, partly because the movies just haven't been that good. You know, whether it's Lone Ranger or Wrinkle in Time or, uh, I mean, there's just been a lot of, of duds uh, from, it, from Disney. It doesn't really help that Lone Ranger had that Johnny Depp performance where he's like, no, keep us off a huge explosion bang. Yeah, like that whole <laughs> crap and then a wrinkle in time having large oprah like like just looming yeah, over one bad. Low, been bad. like yeah. and and i read the, the a wrinkle in time in, in in when i was going to catholic school and i knew they were going to be toning down certain elements of it but right. like it was such a shame but like replacing that with like large oprah and large reese witherspoon it was like Guys, what were you thinking? Yeah, I said I felt like it was a yoga seminar <laughs> made to a feature film. I won't lie. I won't lie though. What they did with the upside down was actually was actually kind of was actually kind of well thought out. I wish they had done more of that, but it's distracting because of the whole hello with like the lart like the sky high Oprah is like yeah oh she, yeah, there's... Think she doesn't have a big ego she says <laughs> hmm but there really is there's so many attempts to try to get new franchises or to you know Artemis Fowl was obviously a disaster there is uh there I'm trying to think uh, there's just been tons and uh and they have not been able to John Carter uh that you know was a big bomb uh, they they just have not they have not had a successful new live action franchise. It's not a remake since uh since the original Pirates. I I really don't think they have. Yeah, they tried their hardest to try and recapture the Pirates magic, and it was literally a, a combination of the sun, the moon, and the planets, and all the stars coming in perfect alignment <laughs> to get the Curse of the Black Pearl to where it was. Yeah. They did it with Haunted Mansion. They even relaunched Tron, which I love Tron Legacy, but even then, it's like... it's Box it's, office just hasn't been there, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I look at Disney's, like, like recent things, and it's like, thank God for Pixar and Marvel who are carrying this company. Yeah, yeah. Mark well, and Marvel I mean, is, Star Wars did pretty well, too. <laughs> like Kevin Feige is literally, like, nearly popping his shoulder out of socket, carrying the entire Disney Corporation on his back. Uh, all right. Well, my last pick, it was one of my favorite movies of 2021. I loved it. And so in the world of the Christmas, in Christmas world... These, this is not a hidden gem. Most people love it, but I think outside of that, not as many people have seen it. It's single all the way. I absolutely loved this movie. This movie is so joyful and wonderful about this uh, man who convinces his roommate, a longtime roommate, to come home with him and pretend that they are engaged, which, you know, I love a fake fiance relationship plot my favorites and uh of course as they're pretending to be engaged uh they start thinking about each other in a new way and his family is just the best so lovely you have kathy and jimmy you have uh barry bostwick as his parents you have uh you have jennifer coolidge as his aunt who is so funny she is this failed broadway actress and so she's in charge of putting on the <laughs> the nativity and she makes herself the fairy godmother of the nativity scene which is really funny <laughs> and i don't know, just i absolutely loved this movie it made me so happy they had great chemistry and it's michael yuri and philemon chambers and philemon chambers this was like his first acting role ever which 
is really impressive because he does a good job. And I, I just thought they had wonderful chemistry and I just, it made me really happy to watch it. So. Man, for someone who is like in their first acting role, they, they, they knocked it out of the park. It sounds oh, like. unbelievable. I couldn't believe that that was his first role. Amazing. So yeah, I highly recommend it. It was a great heartwarming Christmas movie. So there we go. We did it. <laughs> awesome. Let us know if you're listening, what you have been watching on Netflix, what you've been enjoying. We've got some fun stuff coming up on Netflix. We've got Bridgerton coming up pretty soon. And I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's always fun stuff coming to Netflix. So let us know what you've been watching. And Ryan, where can people find you? They can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at RyanCam20. And there's, of course, my YouTube channel, which is just called RyanCam. Uh, I dipped below 200, but now I am solidly back at 200. So I guess I'm back to my regularly scheduled programming. But um, coming to the channel, got another Twilight Zone uh, review. This time it's going to be the episode Nick of Time, which was the first appearance of William Shatner. He would appear most famously in the the terror at 10,000 feet episode, but this Nick of Time episode was his first appearance in the zone and he would be returning. So that's going to be up. And then Jacob and I will be returning with Life in the Movies podcast. Uh, I'm having the time of my life doing that. So that'll be dropping Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to be trying to have reviews for Studio 666, the Foo Fighters horror movie. It's going to be interesting to see what that turns out to be. And as well as Serrano, there is a uh, there is a theater close to me that's showing it, so I'm gonna see it. And then, gonna round out my Batman series by covering Batman and Robin, also with Jacob and Martin. Please pray for my soul <laughs> returning to that to that awful movie. But uh, that's all coming to the channel. If you have not checked me out, please do. Yeah, definitely. Y'all check it out. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And also make sure you check out the Hallmarkies podcast for lots of fun content. And uh, please check out the Patreon group. Uh, we are having our patron watch along when this airs. It'll be that night uh, with writer Sarah Montana. And we're watching Love to the Rescue, which I love. So I'm really excited about that. We've got lots of fun perks at the Patreon. And then also the merch store where you can get hashtag animation junkie shirts. So please take a look at that and more. Uh, and uh, thanks so much, everybody. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye.